As, as, you, as you just heard, Justices Ginsburg, Sotomayor, Kagan, and I dissent. Uh, the main issue in this was that the California statute's requirement that licensed pregnancy-related medical clinics must post a notice telling patients that the state offers financial assistance for family planning services, including prenatal care and abortion. The majority holds that this statutory provision violates the First Amendment. Now, we disagree with that holding for four reasons. First, we find the basic reasoning on which it relies is flawed. The holding rests upon the conclusion that the provision requires particularly careful or heightened scrutiny or strict or medium or something, but it's heightened scrutiny by judges because it is a, quote, content-based law. Now, that, in its view, means that the law requires individuals to, quote, speak a particular message. Now, the problem is that the same exactly can be said of legislation all over the place. Health, ordinary health, economic or social regulation does the same thing. But uh, precedent has long required courts to take a more deferential attitude towards legislative decisions of an economic and social kind. What about laws requiring hospitals to talk about vaccines or seatbelts or laws requiring landlords to talk about uh, their tenants' garbage disposal rules or laws that regulate securities or laws that regulate consumer products or laws that regulate professionals, doctors, lawyers, engineers, accountants to disclose information to their clients? There are even disclosure laws relating to petting zoos. These laws do not involve the rationale for heightened First Amendment scrutiny, for example, fear of viewpoint discrimination, nor is it clear which of them might find shelter under the exceptions that the majority seeks to provide. Thus, putting the particular case before us to the side, we fear that the majority's approach will, on the one hand, allow judges too great a constitutional authority to hold invalid, under the First Amendment, legislative decisions, about the merits of economic or social legislation with which they disagree. And on the other hand, to have this content regulation rule will diminish because of its dilution, as you apply it to social and economic legislation, our understanding of the very critical free speech values that the First Amendment seeks to advance. Now, our second objection and that has to do with this particular case. Uh, the majority, we think, pays inadequate attention to precedent that we find directly on point, namely cases involving disclosure in the context of abortion. In Planned Parenthood versus Casey, the court upheld a law. It said it was okay, that law, stated passed, requiring doctors to tell women, pregnant women, for example, about state resources for adoption services. The court held that the law did not violate the First Amendment because the law was part of the practice of medicine subject to reasonable licensing and regulation by the state. That's telling women seeking an abortion about adoption. Now, if a state can lawfully require a doctor to tell a woman seeking an abortion 
about adoption services, why can it not require a medical counselor to tell a woman seeking prenatal care about childbirth and abortion services? After all, the law must be even-handed, and that is particularly important in a case involving abortion rights. And that's because Americans do hold strong and differing moral views about abortion. We, a court, cannot adjudicate who is right and who is wrong in this moral debate. But we can do our best to interpret the American Constitution so that it applies fairly and even-handedly within a nation whose citizens strongly hold different points of view on the question. The majority tries to find distinctions. It says that Casey, which involved disclosure about adoption, involved informed consent to a medical procedure, but our case does not. Oh, really? Does birth not involve a medical procedure? Our case does involve medical personnel. It does involve a woman's decision to carry a child to term. And it does involve the many equally serious or more serious health risks that are involved when a woman gives birth. So where is the difference? Third, we disagree with the petitioners in respect to a matter that the majority does not consider. The petitioners, supported by Amiki, argue that the California statute violates the First Amendment because it discriminates on the basis of point of view. It does, it considers it to a degree, the majority. These clinics that will have to post the notice, they say are primarily those with moral objections to abortion. But because there are exceptions in the statute, those who do not have those objections don't have to post the notices. Now, the problem with this argument, which in principle is a, is a, is a legitimate argument, is that there was no evidence presented on this matter in the lower courts. Is there, for example, in terms of the statute's objectives, which is informing lower-income women about their options, is there a similar need to cover the clinics that the statute accepts? There's no evidence on that point. In our view, the lower courts can take evidence on the point and related points and then decide. There is no basis, we think, for deciding that question here and now. I don't think we can. There's no evidence. Fourth, California law separately requires unlicensed clinics that provide certain medical-type services, for example, perform ultrasounds, diagnose pregnancies, or provide pregnancy counseling to tell clients that they are not licensed. The state says that it passed this law to ensure that, quote, pregnant women in California know when they are getting medical care from licensed professionals. All right? Unlike the majority... We think this law is adequately justified by its, uh, what is a classical disclosure legislation rationale. Namely, it's there, so pregnant women in California know when they are getting medical care from licensed professionals. The majority says the law is too burdensome, requiring, for example, posting notices in 13 languages in Los Angeles County. But those burdensome-related objections don't show that the statutory provision is unconstitutional in its face, i.e. across the board, i.e. everywhere. Rather, they are properly raised in the form of objections to the statute as applied. 
If they think there's something wrong with Los Angeles County and the 13 languages, then bring it in respect to Los Angeles County and the 13 languages, and let's see. All right. Now, those are our basic reasons. There are others in the opinion. These are spelled out more fully. And for those reasons, basically, we dissent. 